Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. She's Stacey Mitchell. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And ladies, we have a lot to talk about this week. A lot going on in the real estate world, a lot going on for consumers. So why don't we jump right into the big story over the past, I would say two weeks at this point, that Zillow last week, so our, our, this is like the Zillow segment, right? The new segment, it's always about Zillow. They hit the brakes on their iBuyer program for the remainder of 2021. So this news dropped on the 18th, so just about a week ago, and <clears throat> Bloomberg reported that Zillow, they bought about 3,800 homes, a little more than that during the second quarter, following the expansion of the Zillow, the Zillow offers program, meaning they would make an instant offer on a home, then buy it, and then do some cosmetic work, sell it again. Well, now all of a sudden, they're not buying anything else the rest of the year. We still got almost a full quarter left in the year when this news broke. So, what do you guys think about all this? I mean, what, what does this mean for the market? What does this mean for Zillow? What does this mean for iBuyers? There's a lot to unpack here. What do you think? Well, I mean, Zillow um, had also mentioned, I guess, that part of the reason they wanted to do this was to catch up on the existing um, homes that they have under contract in order to you know, do renovations, get um, construction and, and contractors in there. Um, so they were kind of forming it in, in that light. But it is it is interesting for the amount that they shelled out uh, earlier on to acquire all of these homes. Maybe they're kind of reevaluating some stuff. Um, I do think that with their with their budget, it is very substantial. So, you know, I think they'll be able to to rebound. Um, but yeah, they're they're kind of framing it as we want to we want to make good on on what we've got going on. <laughs> yeah, they they blame it on. Um these, you know, supply chain, um, you know, they're having issues with their renovations. Uh, so they're going to take a step back and not, um, in, increase their inventory at this point. Um, so, but rumor has it is that they've overpaid in a lot of these markets and a lot of their inventory is, are the homes that are just sitting there. So as other houses that are listed, um, they're they're going under contract pretty quickly. The I buy homes are the ones that are sitting because they're overpriced because they were overpurchased or purchased higher. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like the rumor on the street, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I think they're just stepping back for a little bit just to regroup um, and to figure out. But obviously, a huge company, they have um, you know it's it's going to impact them, but it's going to impact them mildly. And, uh, I think it's the cost of doing business or, or their startup, you know, they're willing to take risks, take losses, uh, for, you know, f uh, big future gains. Well, you bring up two really good points. One is the, su the supply chain issue is real. I mean, getting anything done right now from a contracting perspective is a disaster. You can't get materials. True. Contractors, they either don't show up, which has been a problem for as long as contractors have existed, or they're they're saying they're like three to six months out from booking things. I know you just went through some renovation work at your house, Sarah. You kind of ran into the same thing 
we deal with all the time in the day to day. So that that that's real. Uh, you also you said rumor has it. There's no rumor here. This is a fact. This is documented that they have gone into markets and paid more than what realtors have thought they could get. And to me, this is a real sign of, you know, they're talking about Q2. Well, Q2 was when everything was bonkers, bananas, people waving contingencies, doing all the things that, you know, you, you would never recommend unless you had to absolutely have that house. So they're competing with that to a certain extent. And when you look at those two factors, I mean, uh, this was probably bound to happen at some point, in, in my view, that they, they were going to have to slow it down. And on top of it, like, this is a new arm of their business. They're not, you know, they're, they're not used to, to dealing with this. And when you look at the article, they even said they had to turn some people away mm -hmm. um, who were slated to work with Zillow offers and are getting connected with a Zillow premier agent. And <clears throat> obviously, after this hit, their stock price dropped, some other things happened. And, you know, to me, this, this is a red flag for iBuyers. And, I, you know, a lot of people, they pursued the market so heavily in Q2. And now that we're in more of a seasonal market, we're in a market where things are slowing down a little bit, still very incredible, still very opportunistic. Th this was bound to happen. And besides that, like, have either of you ladies seen anyone really have a good time executing the fix and flip? Because I think that is the biggest challenge in the marketplace right now in order to actually make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, you, you there's no deals out there uh, for people who are looking for fix and flips um, because there's just, you know, such a lack of inventory that home buyers that are looking to, you know, live in the homes long term, mm -hmm. they're, they're the, they'll purchase a, a fixer upper. No problem. So where it used to, that used to sit a little bit longer, more opportunity for the fix and flip um, type of uh buyer. But yeah, it's very difficult, very slim margins. The costs of um, the costs of uh, any renovations are, are at an all-time high, materials all-time high. You know what the cost of wood was yep. not too long ago. Lumber, well, that was the, I mean, that was better than yeah, gold. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I absolutely agree that with the the inventory being where it, it had been, there are people out there who maybe would have in a different market not wanted to take on as much of a project. And after seeing how everything was playing out, decided, you know what, maybe I am okay with a couple projects, which did snatch up some of those, those homes. Well, and, and so then Mike Del Preet, who's an, an analyst for Inman, he came out and kind of said, he, he evaluated this a couple days later, because it, it's great to hear the news and everyone kind of overreacts. And, and that, that's how this world works. So he came out and he looked at some of the markets where the Zillow offers exist. So Phoenix specifically, that's a major testing market. And their Zillow had 250 listings in Phoenix, and they are priced at a median of 6.2% below what they were bought for, below in Phoenix. That, wow. that, that's a big drop, right? Yeah. And as a point of reference, the median iBuyer home price appreciation, so the buy to sell, was around 8% earlier this year and was around 10% just a few months ago in Phoenix specifically. Uh, so what that means is that, I mean, they're they're basically taking like twenty, thirty thousand dollar losses, twenty nine thousand dollars to be specific in October from the buy to list price ratio in Phoenix mm -hmm. in October twenty twenty one. So, I mean, if you're losing that kind of money mm -hmm. and knowing that Zillow only profited nine point six million in the second quarter, I mean, not not billion million. I mean, that which is a lot of money, right. but not for a company of Zillow size. I, I would pause the program, too. I mean, this isn't you know, you, you, you know, these are for profit businesses 
And it's something that a lot of people aren't, they don't, they don't look at all this stuff. Um, And then in other markets, the trend is similar, but not as bad. So in Atlanta, Zillow's median buy to list is still positive, but down from past months. So they went from like, and open doors beating them, by the way, open doors mm-hmm. at 6.5%. Zillow's only at 1.3%. So, I mean, that's almost a, a five percentage point, a little more than five percentage points. So, and the loss of $29,000 in Phoenix, that's before any other expenses are accounted for. So that's a, that's a real, you know, that, that's a, that's a cost center. That's that, that, that's costing them a lot of money. So knowing that they're, you're, you're seeing some losses on this and to give some perspective, Zillow's losses in 2020, their iBuying losses came in a little above 300 million. This year, they're between 200 and 250 million so far. Like, is this a red flag for Zillow? Is this program a failure? Are iBuyers going to stop? I think, and, and what does this mean for the marketplace? Well, let's start with Zillow first. Do you think this continues? Are they going to start back up again? What, what, what do you foresee happening here? I personally, I think they'll start back up again. I think they're, they're trying to work out the kinks. I think they're, they really are going to continue to pursue this this type of model, especially because I mean, Open Door is successful, so they're sure. they're going to have to revamp. Uh, Open Door shows that it's it's been a success for them, um, and they'll continue their their model. Um, but Zillow, they have to do some changes. Um, they did buy high, uh, so they might have to <laughs> reevaluate their buying techniques. Um, and but I think they'll continue. I really do. Yeah, I I agree with Stacy, and I think that they are going to have to go in and evaluate, um, do some tweaks. And I think that they they have the money to overcome this. This isn't something that's going to to ruin them. They're they're big enough. They have they have enough to to keep going to figure out the problems and then to to move forward. So it might look a little bit different, but I don't see this going away. No, they have the platform. I mean, they they have the platform. They have yeah. the data. They. Mm-hmm. They know. I think it's just their experiment gone awry, right? <laughs> this this time around, and and they're just they're going to tweak it and come back stronger. So I, what what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And and what I know is there's a couple different ways you can read this situation. So I think short term, yes, bad bad business decision. They overpaid. We've also never seen a market like this before. So in order for them to actually test out their business plan, test out their model, you got to be willing to lose money to make money and, and test things out. I mean, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, even with things we do internally at our organization that, Hey, here's the cost here. I don't expect to break even until X and that's okay. So I do agree short-term, not a great strategy. Open door looks a lot better than what Zillow was doing. It just with, just with these comparisons here and there's going to be challenges. What I also know is the market's not going to be like that. That was a, a lightning in a bottle. What happened basically from, I'd even say May 19th of last year up until like July 4th, August 1st, somewhere around there. That was this incredible time where you could sell anything, <laughs> uh, literally anything. And now we're seeing inventories up 20, 30%. Just in our marketplace alone, we're seeing that there's a more seasonal flow to the market that we're going to talk about rates in the second segment, what that does to affordability. So I do agree that long-term, I think that the model has a lot of legs. They just, in, in the short term, they made some mistakes. The question is, are they going to learn from them? So I don't think Zillow gets stopped. And, you know, relative, the loss relative to their total investment in iBuying is pretty small. I mean, right now, if you just looked at the Phoenix inventory, it'd be about a $7 million loss. So they're still coming out ahead, even just with their their, their profit. But that's, a, that's just a fraction of what the losses were when you look at that 300 plus million in 2020 and around 230, I, I guess, is the number in, in 2021. So 
knowing that, you know, let's say we're all in agreement. This isn't, this isn't stopping. This is going to be a thing moving forward. What does this mean for the market? Like what, what should buyers and sellers, especially, you know, there's more eye buyers out there than just Zillow. Zillow is not in our market, but there's a ton of eye buyers around here. I mean, we've talked about some of these before. What does this mean for someone that wants to buy a home or sell a home in the next 12 months? Because that's who we're really trying to reach here with the show. They need to be aware of this. What, what, what things would you be taking into account if you're looking to make a real estate decision between now and the end of 2022, knowing I buyers are going to be here to stay? Um, well, I mean, as you said, here in in our market, because there, you know, there wasn't as there still has been some I buyers out there, but because it wasn't as prevalent, I don't think this is going to be a huge a huge shift. It's certainly something to to keep your eye on, um, but I don't see a major change um, for our market right here. I think it's uh, going to be competitive for the I buy programs. Mm -hmm. So meaning that. You're, if you're a seller and you think that just because they overpaid in 2021 for homes, <laughs> um, if you think that's going to happen going forward, probably not. So um, I, I really think it, it goes back to, um, you know, advising sellers to look for local, you know, look for local agents who can offer a different set of services for you as opposed to what the iBuyers can, unless you're into for that quick, I got to get out of this you know, I have to get out from under this home. Um, other than that, I think for sellers, you just, um, you have to be careful because if you're, if you say there are a lot of sellers that were in the middle of a transaction with Zillow and apparently Zillow is so far behind in even just returning calls and trying to catch up that some of their contracts are going to be farmed out to premier agents. So that's another thing too. If you're an, a seller up against time, you might want to just consider a local agent instead of going through one of these big conglomerates and getting lost in the in the mix. Yeah, the, the, the challenge with the iBuyer is this, that a lot of them, they're going to try to tie the property up for a little bit to make a decision. I liken this to the builder that sees a lot in the area, like, like a piece of land that, that they want to, they think they want to build on, they're not sure, but they want to control it. And then they elect like a 15 or a 30 or some cases like a 60 or a 90 day due diligence period. And they do all like the engineering work. They do all the investigation. Then they say, you know what? We're still interested, but we'll pay you 10% less than what we agreed to. And a lot of iBuyers do the same thing because they, they make these offers. And like on paper, it's like, yeah, slam dunk. Let's do it. And then, oh, there's a foundation issue or the roof needs to get replaced. And they bring their contractors in and they just terminate the contract. There's a, there's a company here we talked about, Sylvan RE, that we, we've mentioned a couple times. So um, I was in Nashville, Tennessee last week at a, at a Tom Ferry team leader retreat. I did some recon and other people in other markets, they've said this company has never consummated an agreement of sale and they make an offer on every one of their listings. And these are states like Virginia, Tennessee, and in, in, wow. in the Southern markets. And we had two here that they pulled right out of. I mean, these, these are listings I handled. So I, that, that's now they're not Zillow. They're not open door. I mean, I never even heard of these people until they came in with an offer. So for the, for the sellers that are out there, usually when it's too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Right. I see some head nods. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, and don't forget there's a, a there's a fee mm -hmm. to this and up to like eight to 10%. Yes. So a, a lot of the sellers don't know that, you know, until it's too late. Yeah, and, exactly. So that's a huge fee. So it, to, to your point for the seller side, if I'm a seller, I'm reading the fine print, mm -hmm. right? 
Yes. Even if you're thinking about taking one of these offers, call a real estate agent, call someone local who says, Hey, you know, I, I can look at it for you. I have your best interest in mind because when you're negotiating with these eye buyers, guess what? That's like negotiating with your husband or your wife's divorce attorney, right? It's like right. the exact opposite person you want to be talking to. So if I was a seller, I'd be calling in an agent to see what I can actually get on the market, what the climate's like, number one, maybe call two or three, interview right, the right people, and then read the fine print and read the contract because a lot of people don't realize what they're signing until they get into it. And, that, and that's probably one of the biggest mistakes I see with sellers. Mm -hmm. what, what about buyers? So what, what should buyers be aware of with this climate here? I mean, should they be worried about more competition? Should they try to compete with these people? You know, to, let's talk a little bit about that because even though inventory's up, 20 to 30% in the Philadelphia area, just since April, inventory is still low in terms of the supply that's constantly on the market. We're in that like one to two month supply window. What should buyers be doing knowing that this iBuyer program is probably not going to be going away? Now, Zillow isn't in our market, so that, that helps, but the, these institutional buyers are still out there. I mean, I would suggest to them to do the same as just the other buyers that are out there. Like, you know, you have competition regardless of what form it's in. So really finding out how to make your offer stand out, um, you know, paying attention to some of the details, if you know what the seller is looking for, um, being able to accommodate those things. If there's a certain settlement date that they want, if there's certain things they want addressed or, or don't want addressed, or um, there's a lot of, a lot of little things that you can put into your, your offer. Um, in addition to just having your agent talk to the listing agent um, and really, <laughs> you know, just getting the details and formulating everything to make yours stick out and make you look better than the iBuyer. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. And it is about relationships. So as a local agent, I can call the other local agent mm -hmm. and have conversations with them and build a relationship so they know who they're working with. Um, and, and just advise the buyers again, uh, the details of the contract, how you can make yours stand out better, maybe offer to pay the transfer tax, maybe, you know, tweaking some of the inspections. There's a lot of different ways to go around it. I think a lot of the buyers just need to be educated on, on what to do and how to do it. Well, you bring up a good point because these iBuyer contracts are, they're very buyer friendly. So for like, a, if, if you go with like just the standard agreement of sale. Forget anything else. I mean, you know what you're getting into as a buyer or a seller, but even with this company, Sylvan, they come in and they have this long list of conditions. It's kind of like a reload deal or like a short sale or a foreclosure where you're having to really take all these terms that you're dealing with that you may not be happy about versus on, on the sell side, which is a buyer. You can compete with that by having a clean agreement mm -hmm. that is appropriately prepared. And then again, working your relationships because you know, the ability to close is just as important here for these people. No one wants to wait 30, 60 days. And then all of a sudden it goes back on the market and their life's all up Ooh. in the air. I mean, that's, that's the problem here. So, and, and these companies don't care and they shouldn't because they're companies. Like I, I don't have a problem with it. It's more of, this is what's going on in the marketplace. And we want everyone to be aware of it. Correct. Yep. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about a substantial move in interest rates over the past four or five months here um, you want to check us out. We're streaming live on YouTube, on Facebook. Just look up uh, Tom Tool Sales Group. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. 
If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000. 20 seconds. At mymortgageamerica.com. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610 692 6976. Stand by. to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. And we also have Sarah Timon here. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And we're going to talk about interest rates. And this is this is a common time. I mean, I, I feel like you probably, ladies, probably talk about this literally every day with clients. Like, what's going on with rates? What does it mean for the market? And what people aren't talking about, we had, we had a coaching call about this today um, with, with our coach, Jeff Mays, with the uh, Tom Ferry organization. And he said, I didn't even know this until I looked up and did the research. So this is, I, I feel obligated to get this out to the community and get this out to the consumers that are out there that you know, rates have basically hit their highest point since April. And we're looking at a 19.8% increase in mortgage rates. It may not sound like a lot when you're going from like 2.7 up to uh, the, the rates today were coming in at 3.176, which means you're getting three and a quarter because they always round up. You're not getting like they, they always go an eighth of a point. Right. And the the lowest rates that we saw were 2.65 percent in January 2021. So we're seeing major movement here on rates. And I, I don't feel like enough people are talking about this. Everyone's still complaining about inventory. They can't find a house. I'd be worried about my payment. We talked about this before. So so what do you think about all this? I mean, what does this mean for the market, talk a little bit about the direction of the market and what all this means as we go into 2022. Sure. So this is, I mean, this is going to directly impact your buying power. Um, Say that again. I think it's that important that we hear this again, Sarah. <laughs> this is going to directly impact your buying power. <laughs> yes. um, you know, when you're, when you're out and you're home searching and you're looking at different prices, it's easy to just look at, okay, this home is $300,000. Cool but you really need to break it down into what are you paying each month? What's one of the biggest factors there? It's going to be your interest payment. So where that lies makes a huge difference in what you can afford, what you can't afford, um, and how much flexibility you have. So as those rates change, you could be looking at a completely different set of, of homes. Um, and if you've been, you know, if you were pre-approved earlier, if you were looking at a certain interest rate and you've been dragging your feet a little bit, or you've been, you know, thinking, well, this one isn't 100% perfect and yada, yada, yada. What you need to do is keep on checking. What are the rates? What would my payment be on this one now? And, you know, if it continues to go up, would I still be able to afford some of these homes? Have you ever had somebody 
be priced out of a home because they waited too long and rates jumped up really quickly. Yeah. So, so how, talk about that experience. And I think this is really great to hear because people don't think this happens. I've seen it happen. Obviously you have, I'm sure you have too, Stacey. Mm -hmm. So what's that conversation like? Because if agents aren't talking about this with their clients, it's time for the buyer to find a new agent in my opinion. Right. I mean, it blows. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> Write that down. It's, you know, like it's, it's hard. You've been, you, you've been looking at different things. You're, you think you can afford something. You're, they're finally at a point where you're like, all right, let's, let's do it. And then when you go back in and you're rerunning the numbers and, and they're reevaluating everything, it's, it's no longer an option. And it's, it's a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation to have. Um, it's best if you would had laid out all of this groundwork initially, and it should not be a surprise to them. Um, I mean, the best thing that we can do as agents is keep everyone informed. And while we often say at the office and, you know, around like nobody has a crystal ball, like we don't, mm -hmm. um, but we can say, this is what's going on. This is what's happened in the past. This is what we can expect to most likely occur in the future. These are the facts. Where do, where do you want to be? in this situation um, and just really giving them the information so that they can kind of see for themselves. And a lot of times that it's the numbers that are going to really speak to a buyer. So showing them this is what your payment is at this price. This is what your payment is if the interest rate goes here. Like it can be quite different. It can be. And it, it can change within weeks. So I was working with buyers. Um, we started out probably six weeks ago. About three weeks ago, they honed in on a townhouse that they wanted. And at that point, we were just working with interest rates of a little less than three, you know, um, 2.875, 3%. I was sending over estimated closing cost sheets. And they finally decided to pull the trigger on the townhouse three weeks later and um, got them under contract. Now their interest rate is 3.125. And they were very surprised at how different their monthly payment was. And so a lot of things to take into consideration. It's, it's the the interest rates, obviously, but the HOA payments, the taxes, a lot of people, if they're looking in different areas, the taxes can be so different. So you really have to pay attention to all these moving parts. Um, but especially with the interest rates, it, it, it does, it can price you right out of a certain market. Everything you're talking about, there, there's no control over that. We can't control the market. You can't control the decisions you make. When you try to do things, I th timing the market's very tough. I don't, I don't know anyone that's ever timed it right intentionally. Usually it's like, hey, I, I got lucky. I kind of found it at the right time. I found the right house. What I know is it's about being more intentional with your time. So if you see a home that might be on the edge and you know, hey, I can save a couple hundred dollars a month and that can afford me to do X, Y, and Z to the property over time, that might be the better decision for me and my family and my household. That's the way to look at these decisions. And the news here, Sarah, you said we don't have a crystal ball. What we do have, we have economists that are paid to predict what's going to happen in the market. And one of them here, Freddie Mac chief economist, Sam Cater, he said in a statement that mortgage rates have continued to rise over the past couple of weeks because of the trajectory of both the economy and the pandemic. So what I read into that is restaurants are opening again. People are out and about a little more. I don't know if you guys have been out and like, I mean, but like people are like, they're living life yes. more so than they have been, meaning they're spending money. And when they're spending money, rates tend to go up. The economy is a lot healthier than it was even a year ago. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic, while it's not over, it's clearly winding down. You know, they're talking about vaccinating kids and, and doing these other things. 
that stuff's not going the other way. I, I'm, I'm clear on that because people are sick and tired of being cooped up in their houses. And the avail- even, even though the availability of existing homes has improved, prices are still high because of all the demand, specifically millennial home buyers coming to the market. And, you know, we don't see a lot of new construction get built here. There's labor and material shortages. So all these things, are, I, I, don't, I don't see those trends changing. Again, we don't know what's going to happen. We're well enough informed to know that I don't see any of those things kind of going the other way. So knowing that's the case, I don't, I don't, I don't see the rates going down. I mean, we don't have the crystal ball and you know, it took what 50 years for rates to get this low. Was that the number we got from, from Jeff today? And they're probably going to go up a lot quicker than how long it took them to go down. Just look at the past. I mean, 50 years to get here and then we're up 19.8% since April. So those are things that the buyers and sellers should be aware of. So it, knowing that's the case, before we get into, um, I want I want to share one other piece of information we got from an Inman uh, panel, and then we can talk about what this means for the market. Where, uh, so Inman News had their Luxury Connect with all the high priced homes, and uh, Ryan Serhant. So if you know Million Dollar Listing, apparently this guy dyes his hair gray. I have this on a good source, but he's mega agent, like the number one agent in the <laughs> I country. Not know that. I have I have a source. I'm not going to leave it there. I don't want to throw my my uh, my source under the bus, but he's on there with. Gary Gold, who I do know, and he sold the Playboy Mansion and does a lot of high-end homes in California. Mauricio Yamansky, who owns the agency. You might know him from Real Housewives fame. Uh, Jade Mills. These are all like mega luxury agents, so very different. And what Ryan Serhan came out and said is that history repeats itself and that the current conditions of the market are likely going to lead to a luxury slump, which... I totally agree with because the, the, the premium market here, I mean, that's only like 7% of the addressable market of, of homes that sell above 650, 700,000 in our marketplace. So all these high priced homes that you're seeing these incredible numbers on, I don't know how long that's going to keep going if rates go up. I mean, cause if you think about a $400,000 buyer, their payments impacted. Right. What about the million dollar buyer, the $2 million buyer? So knowing that, that we're seeing this from, industry experts, people that are obviously well-known and paid for their opinion, just like we are, you're selling a home in the next 12, 18 months. What does all this mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, do it now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I like it. Yeah. There are, if there, if it's something that you are, you've been kind of going back and forth because we, we can't totally predict what, what will happen next. Um, but as, as you said, history does kind of repeat itself there. What we know about the market right now is that interest rates are still low. Um, They're creeping up. But if this is something that you've been considering in order to be able to attract the buyers that you need to get in order to to get this place under contract, um, the sooner the better would be your your best bet because we know what's happening in this moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, step in and get your house listed and get it on the market ASAP. Uh, it's still great for sellers right now. And we do know that. Um, but yeah, it's at this moment. So, and we don't have crystal ball. We can't, we can't predict what's going to happen, but there's still great opportunity. There's still multiple offers. Still people can, you know, they're waiving contingencies. So for sellers, it's still an amazing opportunity. I would highly recommend if you're considering, definitely you want to get your house listed. Well, it's more than just the rates, right? I mean, in the beginning of the year, historically, you see more homes hit the market. So there's less competition now. And the best time for you to be on the market is when the neighbors aren't. So that's number one. Two, we know that affordability is going to creep up given all these economic indicators that we're seeing. How far it goes, when it happens, who knows? Um, 
And what we also know is that, I mean, it, it's when there's anyone out there looking between like the end of October and the beginning of January, when it's cold out, it's raining, there's like holiday parties to go to, which again, you can do this year, didn't happen last year. Those are serious buyers and sellers. They're ready to transact. And I, that's very underestimated because for every one of those people, there's a lot more that say, hey, I'm going to test the market. I want to see what, you know, let's see what I can get for my money or let's see if I can get this magic number that is not based in fact or has no shot at appraising. And, and sometimes those people get lucky. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And I've definitely been surprised by sale prices. I'm sure you guys have too. So there, there's a lot of reasons that it makes sense to act when you know the environment or the or, or the uh, what, what you're walking into because we these are all known quantities. So I, I agree with you 100%. What about buyers? Because this this to me is like the number one thing we hear from buyers. And there's a lot of people that are quitting on the market right now and they don't want to go look for homes anymore. They're saying, I'm going to wait till next year. And it, I, you know, there, there's some concerns there, but someone that's thinking about purchasing a home or maybe moving up into a bigger property or even downsizing when the purchase is involved, what should they be thinking right now? Just on the purchase side. Definitely. Um, you, they have to consider and take into account these, the interest rates are going to be changing. So if they have their heart set on moving up, like you said, or, or just getting in initially to their initial purchase and they have, um, you know, a picture of their dream home in their mind <laughs> and what they can afford could be completely different. So you have to, you have to jump in. You can't wait until next spring. Um, get in now. The inventory is increasing, which is good. It's good for buyers. Mm -hmm. um, could be a little less competition. There still is competition. So that's, that hasn't really gone away, but there's less. Um, but I think you really have to take this seriously with the interest rates because you're going to be, if you're looking at a $400,000 home now, uh, with the interest rates, if they tick up another quarter point, you, you could be looking at less house or accept a higher monthly payment. The other thing people aren't talking about is that a lot of economists are seeing a growing chance of an earlier Fed rate hike. This is not even on people's radar. This news came out from MarketWatch back on October 5th. And they're, I, I don't know where these, um, the, these numbers come from, uh, but it was uh, based on Greg Robb, who's, an, uh, who's, who's a, an author there and a contributor. He's calling for a 20% chance of liftoff in early or mid-2022. So when the Fed raises that rate, like that's going to have a major impact. This isn't even the Fed doing anything right now. And the Fed does control, they don't, they don't actually set the mortgage rates, right? It's they increase the key interest rates and that leads to market reactions. And we know the 10-year treasury bill is how 30-year fixed mortgage rates are determined based on the yield. So that's another thing that, you know, again, that could happen. Let's say that happened at their next meeting. Right. That, that would turn the market on its head. And then all of a sudden people are going to be like, man, I should should have bought that house. And, and the regret is real. Yeah. I mean, have you guys, have you ladies had anybody that said, you know what, I should have just bought the first home that I liked instead of waited this Absolutely. long and messed around with the market? Yeah. Yep. A lot of times. <laughs> so right. what happens afterwards? Like Sarah, like I, I know you've been through this. So they keep telling you, I wish I would have bought house number one where you met me. And now they're on house number 10 or 12 or 15. Like what's, what's that like for the consumer? Because the pain is real. And I, I'm clear it's important for people to hear that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a couple different things happen there. One of them being that now this first house in their head, they've maybe made even better than what <laughs> it it really was. You know what I mean? It's like, because now that it's gone, they just keep looking back, and, back at it very lovingly and like it was perfect. And, you know, I, I should have done it and nothing else will ever compare <laughs> to it. And um, so it's a tough, it's a tough obstacle to overcome. Um, you know, and getting them to to keep looking at each house with 
hope is kind of important. Um, because if you have put in offers on a couple different places and they haven't been accepted, it is very easy to, to feel defeated or to feel like it's not going to happen. And if you are a serious, motivated buyer, while it, it might be okay for, you know, a little bit to have a little bit of like a pity party or be like, I'm not going to go look at a house tomorrow, you know, no. Um, you don't want to let that go on too long because during that time frame that you're taking a break, there could have been really good opportunities out there that now you're regretting those. <laughs> so, yes, like, yeah, you don't yeah, want to like 100%. pile on regret with your regret. Um, so I think it's important to just kind of keep moving forward and and know that there are more homes out there, more homes will come and you just have to keep trying. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because it's like cliche, but it does work out. I mean, yeah, yeah it does work out. And in the end, when you're at closing and you know, the the buyers are signing the all the documents for their house and they get the keys. It's it's such a, a great feeling to see them so excited and so happy. They forget about that first house that they, you know, that they missed out on. But that's the that's the that's the goal to get them to the closing table. Right. Even though they they are going through the process and it's tough and it's a gut punch every time you miss out on an offer. Trust I, I feel I know you feel it too. And you when you get the call from the agent, oh, they took somebody else's offer. You're like, oh, oh yeah. And you have to make the phone call yeah. to your clients. Oh, oh and then, so but tough. then when you like, when you flip it and when you get to call them and tell them they got it, oh, it that's is like the best thing. The happiest phone call <laughs> that you can, yes. that you can make. It yes. is just. With screams on the other end and like, they're so excited and so happy. Yes. It's great to yeah. be like the bearer of good news. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So it, it is tough dealing with that regret for them in the very beginning if they didn't, you know, take your advice and, um, but it's all learning process and it's getting through that process and, and getting to the, to the finish line. And I think that what we, we do talk about a lot is, um, it often takes losing something to mm. then really to go for it. And, uh, you know, if, if this next one is one you really want, like, let's do it. Like, let's give it our all. Let's really put our best foot out there and not, not always try and play it safe. Like let's, let's get the house. Um, and sometimes it takes losing something to, to motivate you. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to kick it to you in a second, Sarah, because I know you went through like, I think it was about a year ago in November, you you wrote six offers in like the week of Thanksgiving, they all got declined, but then you got five of the six clients under contract pretty quickly after that Mm -hmm. to give people some perspective. I'm, I'm clearly like the data person on this show even though everyone's talking about how low inventory is, there's a lot of opportunities out there because the number of closed sales are up year over year through September, 18.3 to 23.5% in the suburban counties, Chester, Delaware, Montgomery, and 32.1% in Philadelphia. So, I mean, those are, those are big increases. So there's more homes that sold. And despite the inventory being carried as low, all the more reason to connect with the right agent who can get these opportunities in front of you because more homes have sold and transacted, which means, there's more people that have a new home last year than did the previous year. So, or this year compared to the previous year. So real quickly before we go to break, and, and this is how we coach people. This is like the, the greatest, uh, one of, one of my favorite uh, agent sort of case studies that we have is what happened to Sarah last year. Um, and if you're thinking about getting into real estate and you want this kind of mindset training, check out real estate scholarship program.com, no license, no issue. Sarah, talk about November to December last year where you had that, like, it was, it was like gut punch and, and you didn't miss a beat. Like I was on the other end of the phone. I wouldn't have known this, but six declined offers and five of those people getting a house in the next week or two. I think this is really important. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was hard because 
I mean, across the board, not not all six of those offers were amazing offers. There was at least one or two in there where like <laughs> we could have done a little bit better. But for the most part, I mean, we we put in really solid offers. We we did all the things <laughs> and um it just it it didn't pan out. And what we had to do was just take a deep breath and say the right one is going to come up and we you know, if you stop now, you don't get a house. So we have to we have to keep trying. Um and then in all of those cases, um we moved on and it was, it was really great then making that round of phone calls for, for people getting, getting the home. So, um, most importantly, I think is just stay positive, keep perspective, um, and really kind of like in some cases, hold your, your client's hands through it and let them know that the right home will be out there. And oftentimes maybe tell them, I've had this happen before to people. And sure. now the home that they're in is the right one. They got into one. Um, and it's part of the process. That, that is sound advice for any realtor listening out there because, I mean, staying positive, letting them know this isn't the first time this happened. Everyone thinks it's the first time someone lost a home when that happens or like yeah. it didn't go well. And and letting them know you've been through this before and you know what to do. And that if you, if you share that with them, a lot of times they're going to be more apt to take your coaching and your guidance. Cause ultimately we don't make the decisions. It's up to the client. So I think that's really important, especially knowing the kind of market that we're in, um, just, just really critical to hear that. So I think that's a good way to kind of wrap the segment here. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We got two stories to talk about in the real estate industry. One that's a little off color. The other one, you know, safety is a real thing. Um, we'll be back on tool time, real estate radio on WWDB 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get 30 seconds. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S. It's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Stand by. Team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line. All right, all right. We are back for the final segment of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. We've got Sarah Timon and Stacy Mitchell here from our team. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team. In Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. I love the slight dancing every time I say that, <laughs> ladies. Thank you. Makes me feel good about our operation. So um, we got two stories here. Um, you know, one I, I want to start off with because I think it's a real issue people don't talk about enough 
in the real estate world. And there was a man um, in, in Portsmouth, uh, Virginia, and the police found him, uh, found this man that he fatally shot his realtor uh, after looking at a home sight unseen, moving from out of state, calling the realtor over to the house and, and, and the realtor got shot and killed. The guy's 40 years old. Um, and, you know, very, very unfortunate. The gentleman's name is, uh, Soren Arn. I can't pronounce his last name. Um, very, and he, he was actually the son of a realtor and this happened all in uh, Suffolk, Virginia. And he was shot Friday evening and had, he was 41 years old. And I don't think anyone saw this coming, including him, or he wouldn't have gone to the house. And, I think that the main thing I want to share with people here is that you've got to realize that safety is an issue in real estate. And I think it's an issue. And a lot of people think it's, you know, sometimes it's, you know, women are the ones that need to be more careful than men. Obviously this is not the case. I found myself in situations where I was a little nervous before. I imagine you guys have too. We've done some safety training. Talk a little bit about this. What should realtors be thinking when they, when they go into houses? I mean, what, what, what advice do you have? I know we've done safety training. We have some safety policies at our team. But I'd love to hear your, your reaction to this real quickly. Well, this is such a, a tragic story. Um, and yeah, when I read this uh, even before we were going to talk about it on this segment. And it it just made me think, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it, it's just always, always, no matter what, you have to be aware of your surroundings. And I know that this this agent, he, I'm sure he didn't see this coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and I understand. I'm, apparently, the man that shot him was 84 years old, um, and he ended up taking his own life too. So there's some other clearly some issues. Yeah, yeah more more issues. than just he didn't like the house. Yeah, exactly. Um, so tragic. But for agents out there, and like you said, you know, women. Yes, um, everybody thinks it's more than the women, but the men do have to be on. Everybody has to be on high alert. Just know your surroundings, know where you are, know where you are within each home. Um, take a good look at the people that you're talking to. Get You can get a vibe. You can get a sense. Um, if you do, trust that gut instinct for sure. I always, I tried never to override my, <laughs> what my gut's telling me because mm-hmm. the times that I have, it was not a good move, you know, so I do trust my gut. Um, but you just, you really have to be smart. That's all. You have to be really smart. And the first time that this came to my mind was when I was doing a very last minute showing and um, I told the people I could meet them at the house and it was 630 and things, it was dark at that time because the time has changed. In the summer, it's great. You can still get out and do showings 830 at night. Um, but it was 630 and it was dark and I pulled up and I realized that it was just a, a person by himself. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is interesting because I've never had that. Usually it's a couple, you know, that you come, come in contact mm-hmm. with. Um, so, but for me, I was, I was on high alert. So there's certain things that you, you can do, you know, you let them in the house first, you never go in to the room alone or, you know, with them behind you. Um, now when we did the safety training, that was very interesting when he came. Yeah, up. that was a lot different than what I he, expected. Me too. But he did teach us a lot of those things. You have to always be aware of your surroundings and where you are. And I know we have our own safety protocol in place. Mm-hmm. If we feel um, that, you know, it could be a situation, uh, we can fake a phone call. We can text Slack, you know, our our secret signal, our secret code. 
And we always don't give away the code. (laughs) No, not the code. (laughs) But we, you know, put on your calendar where you are, Mm -hmm. the address where you're going to be for your showing, send out showing confirmations. That's been my practice ever since that incident. Because to me, it's really important that everybody know where I am at all times if I'm doing showings, just in case something, you know, threatening, if I feel threatened, somebody will be able to come help me. Well, and I, I, you know, I mean, I've definitely found myself in some situations where, you know, you walk into a home, you're meeting, it's dark out. Like this, this is, a, I think, you know, not showing homes at, 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 for, at, during the darker is good for a number of reasons. One is safety. Other is you can't see the house. I mean, practically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I've definitely found myself, I'm walking into a home, you see, you know, weapons or drug paraphernalia out. And I've literally turned around, just gone outside. And I'm like, hey, let's meet on the porch. And, you know, I don't care if it's freezing cold outside or let's just get out of here because no, no, no commission check is worth your life sure. as far as I'm concerned. So I, you know, and this isn't, this is not an isolated incident. There's mm-hmm. stories all the time where realtors get killed or get injured or get attacked because you're meeting people at properties. Yep. I mean, how well do you know these people really? Um, and I think it's, you know, asking the right questions, you know, you know get simple things like asking for a pre-approval letter. That's going to vet out a lot of these people that aren't serious because they're usually not going to give their information out, having some sort of policy in place. Um, I mean, for years I had a paper calendar. No one knew where the hell I was. And, yeah. you know, that was what happened in the early 2000s. Uh, but, uh, you know, now having, you know, people can look on my calendar and pretty much, you know, where I am at all. I mean, you could probably find out where I am anytime you want, Stacey. Like, it's not hard. Same with you. You all have access to this stuff. So simple things like that. And, you know, getting someone to advise you because the safety training, I, I was surprised by that. Like some of the things like have an exit strategy, make sure there's distance between you and the other person so you can see what's coming. Right. And if you keeping your eyes on them, right? Keep your eyes on them. And if you are going to engage in a battle, it's some, oh, there's only one winner. <laughs> so yeah. it, that was, that was a key takeaway for me. It's, it's not like it's going to end. It's going to end with only one person like surviving. Yeah, getting away is, so is, is the better outcome. Away, yeah, that's for sure. But um, the other takeaway was if you do feel uncomfortable when you're talking on the phone, just have them text you a copy of their license, of their mm. driver's license. So that was the easy one. If somebody has an issue providing identification or sending you a pre-approval letter, then you have to question that in, yeah. the, in the first place. So if you if you say, hey, you know, just just because we have to keep records in our office, can you text me a copy of your driver's license and then I'll meet you there at such and such time? I mean, that's a quick, easy, you know, safety strategy. Yeah. And definitely worth, you know, taking those extra steps to, you know, you'd you hope that these things never would would come up, but better to take those precautions and never have needed them than to find yourself in a situation where you're in a in a bad spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing that we talked about too was always having a weapon. Now that doesn't necessarily mean a firearm, but there's other weapons. Like I have a little flashlight in my <laughs> in my car that I carry with me, and if you take the little top off the flashlight, it's a pointed end, and it can be a shank. Oh, my so, little I mean, you know. my little flashlight on my keychain is just a little turtle. It's a flashlight. <laughs> I don't think that's going to get me anywhere. Well, my mom, and she's probably watching. She always says, "Hold your car key or hold your key yeah. right between your fingers," and that could be a an, a weapon. So, <laughs> but you you know these things that you have to think about if you're in a battle, as they would say. I mean, this is real life and I don't think there's any other way to dress this up other than keeping your head about you and don't, you can't assume the best in these situations. I mean, there are people like saying, Hey, the home's vacant. Can you just let me in or, you know, whatever it might be. So, and if you're unsure about this, go get some training call. Like there's people that give like classes on this stuff. So maybe we can get, I I forget the gentleman's name that did the safety class for us. Maybe we can get him on and be, be a guest on the show. 
but it just be safe out there. I don't, I don't know how else to end, end the segment. And obviously very, very sad to hear what, what happened to uh, Soren down in, down in Virginia. So before we break here, we got a couple minutes. I, w- I wanted to hit on this story too, because th- this, this kind of stuff just blows my mind. So uh, <laughs> about a week ago, uh, I'm not even going to say the guy's name. There was an agent out in California. He, uh, and he basically, um, the short of it is, he took a bunch of photos of this property in Monterey Hills and posted pictures on the MLS of him naked, like doing things around the house. Like it looks like he was cooking breakfast at one point, sitting in the backyard. He's got his, you know, bathrobe open. I mean, before I give you my reaction, what what do you ladies think about all this? I mean, this is just uh, insane to me. Yeah. Only in California. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like, really, did he really think this was a great idea? The other thing I question was, and the sellers, like this is a $1.2 million home. The sellers thought it was in a good California idea. in California. So yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, but the sellers thought it was okay too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see how this even falls into a gray area of like, <laughs> oh, well maybe this is just like edgy marketing or like whatever. Like, no, you're naked. <laughs> like, yep. That's kind of like, right. you know, <laughs> the one picture, he even has a cigarette in his mouth too. <laughs> <laughs> To top it all off. <laughs> so so the guy got fired yeah, right away. I, I give I give his brokerage a lot of credit because this is not the first time someone's been a total dumbass with marketing. And this is what <laughs> I mean, this is this is ridiculous. This is why realtors get a bad rap yeah. and people think they're unprofessional because someone and, and you know, I mean, it's just it, it's crazy to me. This even happens. And th- these photos went on the MLS, by the way. Which and that just blows my one mind. One thing to have it on your Instagram account, another to be on the MLS. And, you know, this happened in, in 2018 in Texas as well. Um, where there was um, th- there was an agent that posed in her in her underwear, but this guy it was everything was like blurred out and and, and digitized with this this knucklehead, and his his company fired him. I give them a lot of credit for firing him on the spot because a lot of people they might give you like disciplinary action or, or whatever else. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you know it's it's funny. You know, he got his five minutes of fame. He might have just blown his career because yeah. if I'm a seller interviewing someone or I'm, I'm looking for someone to handle my largest asset. And this guy comes up and I Google him because everyone's <laughs> Googling you these days. Right. I mean, it happens all the time. I'm Googling him and this is the first thing that comes up. I'm, I'm telling him not to show up or I'm throwing him out of my house. Exactly. I think this is a, a stupid thing to do. I'm, I give his brokerage a lot of credit because they fired him in five days too. Like it was not like a long thing. Like they said, Hey, you know what? This doesn't work. Um, it's against their policy, which is all the more reason every company should have a policy. Uh, Speaking of which, what is our social media policy? I can, I can tell you what it, it is. It sounds like if you want to know, that's going to be a no go. It, it would be. Based I'm going to cancel policy. my listing appointment later this week that I had that exact yeah. strategy yeah. for. No, just kidding. I, I, I know you're kidding because if, uh, the, first of all, I think I don't think your husband would be cool with that. Number one, and uh, secondly, it's just that I, I know you well enough to know that. But I mean, this is why you got to have like policies, right? This is, and I give the brokerage a lot of credit for letting him go. I mean, it's. I just don't, I don't understand the thought process behind this. And, and I mean, if the listing's that good, I mean, think about how much money the guy lost, right? Like the seller obviously was cool with it. One of the pictures he's in their bed laying down, like, I don't know if he brought his own sheets. (laughs) Yeah. There's follow-up questions. I know. I have to know how this came to like, how the conversation got started. Hey, wouldn't you, would you think this is a good idea? I just like go around your house naked and then, but to actually carry it out and who's on the other side of the camera. Like, I know Nick would never go out there and do photos. Like, is, that, is that a no-go for you, Nick? 
That's a no-go for Nick. Nick <laughs> Wolf says no. If, if it was even, you know, proposed to Nick, I'm sure he would say, you know what, this is probably not a good idea. So where did, there was nobody that stopped these people ever. Like he they needs, didn't, he needs a mentor. You <laughs> think he needs a life coach might be the better one, not, not just a mentor. Yeah. You know, this guy, he's bouncing around between three brokerages. He looks like he's, you know, somewhere in his, in his thirties, I'm guessing maybe early forties. And he actually said like, my clients are amazing for being open-minded and giving this a fair shot. Well, you know, now that he's been fired by his brokers, now he's got to work with someone else. The, the sellers are working with someone else at the company. Most likely. Like I just don't. Yeah. And you have to wonder, was this just really a publicity stunt? Like, is he, is this a, a stepping stone into something else? Like, does he want to get into acting? Does he, some people do these kinds of crazy things. Well, that, that would make get a lot into of sense. Something yeah. else, like maybe he'll be picked up on I don't know some network for some some type of real estate show. <laughs> I, I don't know though. I don't. I don't think they would even hire this guy. I mean, I. I so it's to me, it's just it's it's. I, I think there's there's another play here that's not real estate related because he's going to just totally murder his career here, um, and it's, it's career suicide. So, yeah. <laughs> on that note, you want to follow us on social. You can get Stacy Mitchell at the number two M I T C H C O. Sarah Timon is at Ty, T-Y underscore Ty Time. So T-Y underscore T-Y-T-I-M-E. You can follow me at TomTool3RD. That's all on Instagram. Google us on Facebook. It's Tom Tool Sales Group. Same thing on YouTube. You want to email the show. It's info at tooltimeradio.com. We'll be back next week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.